It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT, on a Friday football fiasco as it continues, of course, with the two playoff games coming up, the conference championships on Sunday. Odessa Turner makes it in for hour number two, former New York Giants, San Francisco 49er wide receiver. Looking forward to having him right here. PSR Law Studios now. That's right, the B for Boyle is out. He has stepped down. So it is PSR, Panish, Shea, Ravaputi, Law, the best in personal injury for a long time in Southern Cal, year number five here in the Vegas Valley. The best in personal injury, I'm telling you straight up, if you need them in the future, they will be there, and they are second to none. Jot down the number just in case you need it for future reference. You know that's 702 for Vegas, 830-9353, 830-9353, over $5 billion in verdicts and settlements their last five years for their clients. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice. It is now PSR Law Studios, PSRLaw.com was able to talk with Angela Bailey earlier today and uh, got the skinny. So the new logo, everything will be up and rolling. And Brian Panish will make it in and we will get him back on as far as the Panish perspective, which ran here on SportsX Radio for a good long while. Looking forward to a great show. Again, Odessa Turner will make it in studio. Mark Hoke running the show. Does a great job, not only, of course, with KT show Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. right here on 101.5 FMK Dawn and streaming live on that Worldwide Odyssey app, but also not only producing, but also hosting the Mark Hoke Show, the best in, pers- in the professional wrestling, not personal injury. Well, sometimes every now and then he may actually take out some of his uh, co-hosts like Jose Vellante, but uh, personal injury, no. But the best in professional wrestling, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. we got a great show in store for you. Thanks to Noah Parker, who made it in studio last night, and uh, he was pretty solid on his Australian Open stuff. So let's get rolling. Now, the starting five, number one. All right, let's go right to it. Locally, what do we got going on? Well, VGK, they're on the road taking on KT's New York Rangers. And Vegas Golden Knights, of course, stumped their blue shirts out here 5-1. to one. Pretty dominating performance just about 10 days ago. So where are they? They're back at Madison Square Garden. This game was 1-1, but VGK is 24-1 and one when they score first. They did get that first goal tonight, and they lead the Rangers right now with 17.49 to go in the third period, 3-1. to one. Goals by Marcheseau, his 23rd. Keegan Colasaur got his fourth, and Sheldon Rempal got his second. Wheeler got the only Ranger goal. Keep an eye on it. VGK scored three goals on their first nine shots on Chesterkin. Aiden Hill in between the pipes for VGK. Again, they lead it right now over the Rangers by a score of 3-1. to one. And now I believe make it 4-1. to one. I believe they may have just gotten another goal, and uh, I will update you shortly. But Vegas off to a good start, looking to get two from the Rangers in a matter of 10 days. 
number two. All right, we thought it was going to come through, but Jim Harbaugh, of course, we knew he stepped down because he took that L.A. Chargers job. Sharon Moore, who stepped in early in the season, first three games, and then, of course, the last three games, the big ones, at Penn State, Maryland, and then home against Ohio State. Well, he ran his record to 6-0, and and he gets a five-year deal there from the Wolverines. We'll get details on that, but that's big news there. And Sharon Moore deserved an opportunity, stepped in, showed he could do the job. So congratulations there. And it's going to be a wild Big Ten. I will tell you, it's going to be straight-up wild. Again, you've got the four teams from the Pac-12 now joining USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. Schedules are out, so you know uh, when these teams are going to be taking on each other. And USC's schedule is just daunting. Michigan's schedule not easy as well, but when you start intertwining these four solid teams from the Pac-12 into Big Ten, it's going to make for some really interesting confrontations. But Michigan will have a new head honcho at the helm. Sharon Moore, brand new head coach. Number three. All right, let's go to uh, Noah Parker's predictions. How about last night? Who did he play? Yeah, he took care of business because he went with Yannick Sinner, the four seed, against number one seed Novak Djokovic, who has just been unbeatable down under. That's right, Australia. He just takes care of business, no problem. So a little plus 180 there, and I thought that line was a little bit light you know, with the success that Djokovic has had year in, year out. But Noah says, KT, don't you worry about me. I'll be fine. Four sets, Yannick Sinner, 6-1, 6-2, 6-7, 6-3. Outstanding. Thought maybe the Joker when he got set three in the tiebreaker, maybe if he could get it to two sets apiece, but he could not. Sinner was unbelievable. How about this? In the four sets, Djokovic, not only did he not break Sinner, he never got to break point against Sinner in the four sets. That is absolutely amazing. Bunch of different times it was at deuce in the game, and then what happened? Sinner would win the next point, and he'd either go back to deuce or he would win the game. Unbelievable that Djokovic not only does not break Sinner in four sets, but never even gets a break point. Outstanding. Sinner will take on Daniil Medvedev. Medvedev, what I say last night, this guy is like, he just goes about his business and never stops playing. And Alexander Zverev, the sixth seed, won the first two sets. Looked like he was going to win it in three. Medvedev able to hold it off and then win the last two sets and take care of business in five. Unbelievable. Medvedev now taking on Yannick Sinner. And Sinner is actually a minus 280 in that finale coming up tomorrow at about a little after midnight Pacific time. Number four. All right. You know, then there's always these disturbing stories. All right. My dad, a big Brooklyn Dodgers guy, right? He grew up, grew up in uh, Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. So he loved his Brooklyn Dodgers. His two favorite players, Pee Wee Reese and Jackie Robinson. Well, last night, a prize statue of Jackie Robinson stolen from a public park in Wichita, Kansas. I mean, outrage. you got to be kidding me. Somebody, two guys, I guess it was, or two people, they actually have surveillance footage of two people loading this statue into the back of a truck after they cut the statue down at the ankles. So all that remains are the feet there of Jackie Robinson's statue. My dad will tell you, those are two of the fastest feet ever. He watched them steal home many a time. That's just unbelievable. I hope they catch these people. I hope they prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law. Stuff like that is not acceptable. 
In fact, zero tolerance for something like that. So uh, let's hope that they get these guys. Jackie Robinson, incredible life, incredible, uh, you know, scenario that he went through. Talked about, you know, this with Roberto Clemente Jr. And uh, he knew his dad went through some tough times. But Jackie Robinson also, uh, pretty good friends of Jerry Eisenberg. And Jerry's still kicking it here at about 92 years of age. I'm going to see if I can get in touch with Jerry. He, of course, uh, has covered many of those athletes because he covered the Negro Leagues back in the day. So uh, let's hope we get this statue back and we can put it back intact. Get these bad guys. Number five. Number five, we're going to go to the world of professional wrestling, and I'm going to welcome in, of course, my producer. He knows everything pretty much about professional wrestling. But the last thing we saw update-wise was that Vince McMahon was going to potentially step down from whatever position he had there with the WWE, and he is uh, actually being sued himself. But I don't know all the interesting, you know, the uh, ins and outs of this. I was going to say uh, yeah, a bigger word than KT can use, so idiosyncrasies. But Mark Hoke, weigh in, Max. I know you know what's been going on as far as this, but that headline kind of just updated about oh. five minutes before the broadcast. Man, about a fast-breaking story in, uh, over the last day, and I don't even know. i got two minutes to get this in. I don't know if I can do it in two minutes, but... Just real quick, of course, UFC and WWE had merged into a new company called TKO. And yesterday, a lawsuit was filed. Another one, of course, Vince had some other issues with women. Well, a lawsuit was filed yesterday against Vince McMahon, accusing him of sex trafficking, sexual assault, and physical and emotional abuse of an employee. Apparently, uh, this employee, Janelle Grant, he and John Laurinaitis were doing some bad, bad things with her and even sending her around to potential signees to WWE to kind of convince them to close the deal and all sorts of crazy stuff and video making videos. And well, it was bad. So Slim Jim on the eve of the Royal Rumble tomorrow, said, ah, you know what? Uh, we're uh, we're going to pause doing anything with you guys until this gets straightened out. And today, Vince McMahon resigned his position as executive chairman of the TKO group. So Vince is out, gone. See you later. He is not the CEO of the, the TKO group, but he is said sayonara um he had earlier today denied all the allegations but i guess everybody kind of sat him down and said uh we're not going to have this going on with the royal rumble happening tomorrow and potential sponsors pulling out and casting a pall over the whole thing so see you later vince mcmahon there you go and i will say this that harvey weinstein also denied all his allegations initially and when Evidence comes in because you got to understand somebody like this, Janelle Grant. Again, I don't know, and as Panish always says, innocent until proven guilty. But if you're going to dare bring this type of allegation and this type of lawsuit against a mogul that you know has buku bucks and can fight anything, you better make sure you have something ironclad. And I think her legal team thinks that she does. And I'm well, sure Vince McMahon would not step down at all unless he was pressured by, you know, those people that he's dealing with now business-wise, and they probably just want him to kind of disappear for a while. 
Yeah, Ari Emanuel is the name of the CEO of the group. So he oversees UFC and WWE. And, yeah, I'm sure that, you know, they pretty much put Vince behind the closed doors and said, yeah, I mean, there there was some were some allegations. I don't know if you remember Brock Lesnar, the former WWE champion and UFC champion as well, uh, that, you know, this girl was involved with him. Um, I mean, it's... The whole thing's a, just a mess. And, you know, obviously with the other things that happened with Vince, too, uh, they they had actually listed Vince as a liability in their FEC filings. Uh, they, they were going to, you know, take the public, a company public. It was just crazy stuff. But, you know, I hate to finish the whole thing on a negative, right? So other on the good side for the TKO group, they added a board member. So Vince is gone, but they just added a board member uh, two days ago as well. You know who that was? The Rock. The Rock. That's right. The Rock is on board, and they gave him $30 million of stock options, and they gave him rights to his name. So he controls the name The Rock now. So congratulations to The Rock. So bad, good. There you go. Real quick, what do you think happens with McMahon going forward? Because this lady's not about money. I, apparently, she got millions of dollars in hush money years ago. Yeah, this... I, look, Vince has always, for since a lot of these allegations have come out, and and there's been you know rumblings and grumblings about Vince for a long time, I think it's time for Vince to just say goodbye. If I were him, you know, you know just sell the stock and take off. And and obviously, you know, the the McMahons have had a from what I understand have had a very been living separate lives as is anyway. And so, you know, Vince, you're you know, this is it. I mean, there's there's no way you know, he he pretty much had sold some stock before already, and I think it's just time to you know, it's over. As great a business guy as he's been and and uh just an icon as far as putting a lot of this stuff together everything could be wiped out reputation-wise with these types of allegations continuously coming at him. And a lot of people now realize that they can go back when something has happened to them years and years ago if they have the proper amount of evidence that they can bring forward. And with things like social media, and again, there's attorneys that look to get involved to make a name for themselves, you just... You just never know. Well, and and what what brought up a lot of this was when when Vince was looking to to sell a, a good chunk of the company and then and then take this to you know do this merger. These all of a sudden these and the FEC the you know, the, the Federal Securities Commission started looking at their books and and found well where did all this you know these this nineteen plus million dollars go in in settlements and things like that that because Vince had actually you know used company money to settle some of these lawsuits with these women over the years and you know that got him in trouble so Vince actually ended up putting the money back into the company to settle the issue or else he could have gone to jail and as time went on and this this merger went through you know obviously Vince's conduct you know he wasn't the guy at the top anymore you know, so everyone could kind of look at him and say, hey, you know what? 
you can't do this. And if you, you know, if we find any more problems or issues, you know, we, we, this is not tolerable. You're not the guy in charge anymore. So you can't sweep it under the rug. And he and John Laurinaitis had, who was the head of talent relations for him, um, had done a lot of questionable things over the years that people had brought up. And yeah, so it's, it's a sad story, you know, but, but there's a lot of good things going on in WWE now. And in Vince's, uh, influence over the company has become less and less, and you know they're having a lot of fun now. And there's going to be an amazing weekend down in Tampa. It's going to be very exciting to see who wins this Royal Rumble and get ready for the 40th annual uh, anniversary of WrestleMania coming up. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. And you know, of course, we just had Claudio Castagnoli in here today too from AEW, and you know it's a great time in pro wrestling. And you know, I'm glad that WWE just dealt with this fast and. You know, it doesn't have it hanging over them over what's one of the biggest events of them for the year. There you go. And it's a great time to be a new listener of the Mark Hoke Show, the best in professional wrestling, coming up again this Sunday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on 101.5 FM KDON and streaming live on that Worldwide Odyssey app. Golden Knights did get a second goal from Jonathan Marcheseau on a rebound, 9.25 to go third period, in control, leading the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden now 4-1. to one looking to take care of business for the second time against the Blue Shirts in a short period of time. And so far, I've outscored them now 9-2 to two in the five-and-a-half periods that they've played over the last 10 days. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Get you caught up on a small slate in college basketball, but one team in the Big Ten going for a major sweep. Could they get it done at home? They already won on the road. It's a big game. We'll talk about that. We'll get into some college basketball as well. We're going to get into football big time. Got those two playoff games, championship games coming up on Sunday, and the lines have moved a little bit at the Westgate Superbook. We'll update you there. SportsX Radio, KDON, 101.5 FM, streaming live on that Odyssey app. We are live from Vegas on a Friday football fiasco. We'll be right back. Catman do little Bob Seeger on a Friday football fiasco. Mark Hoke's been in the hits. KT Live PSR Studios now. All right, PSR, Panache Shea, and Ravaputi. No buh. No. Uh stepping down. Kevin Boyle. No bu- 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 No, don't yeah. Listen, it's gonna take me a little bit to make sure I don't screw that up. So oh, uh, I want to stay on top of that. You should do one of those jars. Every time you say the B, you've got to put a dollar in the jar. Yeah, and then I, I'll, I'll be good. I'll be see, good. there you go, dollar. What do you mean? I'll be, I said I'll be there, good. See, there, there's two more Bs. Oh, whatever. Okay, Three I, bucks. I, I get your little your little games. The little hoaxer's got to play his little games that he learned in kindergarten. I got you. What what what's <laughs> the what's the law firm? What's that? What's the law firm? Which one? The, your sponsor. PSR. There you go. See, you don't have to put a dollar in that time. See? Good work. Every now and then. I'll just let it be. Ding. Dollar. There you <laughs> go. That's right. Good stuff, Hoaxer. I figured I'd have some fun there. All right. So uh, really disappointed in the Rangers' effort. I mean, knowing that you got whipped out here in Vegas, you would expect them to come out and play a good, solid game. But no, VGK looking good. And that's a big-time win for VGK. They're going to get it, and they'll go to 21-4 and as far as when they score first in games. So that's important. 
A win will give them a 29-14 and 6 overall record. And uh, on the road, they'll be 11-9 and 4. But they're going to get this win as they go under the 7-minute mark with a 3-goal lead over the Rangers. Let's go and check out some scores. Again, not a big slate as far as college basketball, but I did tell you a big game going on in the Big Ten, and I'll get to that in a little bit. Here's what we have going on in the association. How about the Mavs and Hawks, 143 to 136? I'm thinking this game went overtime, but you never know. I'll have to check it. Uh, 47 seconds to go. No, actually in the fourth quarter. So it's uh, still going 143 to 136. The Mavs lead in Atlanta. The total was 246.5. They've got 279 points. It's just unbelievable. Why play defense if you don't have to? Uh, 138-104 Rockets win in Charlotte. That is a final as the uh, Rockets on the road, minus five. That also well over the total of 222.5. Great game going on, winding down. Could have extra time, but it's in Indianapolis. Pacers 133, the Suns 131, and the Suns were four-and-a-half-point road favorites. So if you have the Pacers, you just hope no overtime, no overtime. This total was 244.5, sitting at 264. Clippers and Raptors, all clips in Toronto, 855 to go fourth quarter, 106 to 86. You still have 230, well, 236.5 is your total. Clips are minus eight, looking comfortable, but again, NBA, you just never know. Grizzlies at home against Orlando. Magic have been struggling of late. They're a six-point road favorite. They're trailing by four. Still 6.45 to go third quarter, 75-71 Memphis. Orlando, uh, again, really struggling of late, so we'll keep an eye on them. Meanwhile, OKC, Oklahoma City, on the road in Nolens down the bayou. 5.45 to go third quarter there. OKC, a minus one and a half on the road. Lead it by six, 58-52. 239 your total there. I make it, I'm sorry, 238. Westgate Superbook and OKC closing a one and a half point road favorite. Milwaukee at home, trying to get acclimated now. New coach, Doc Rivers there. Milwaukee 57, Cavaliers of Cleveland 54. Milwaukee closing a five-and-a-half point home favorite, total 238. Definitely on an underpace right now at intermission, 57-54 bucks. And then the one game yet to tip off, that'll be the Trailblazers of Portland, who have been playing pretty well of late. Very spirited ball and playing hard against San Antonio. And uh, Wembenyama and company at home. Minus five, total 230 and a half. So those are the uh, games going on in the association. Let's move on down, get the uh, games on the ice. Just four games, one game yet to drop the puck. They'll do that top of the hour. St. Louis at Seattle, cracking at home, minus 175. Six is your total. Vegas Golden Knights, as we told you, up four to one, 455 now left third period against the Rangers. Six your total. Meanwhile, Florida, two to one. They lead at Pittsburgh, 655 to go. Third period, and Colorado, a one nothing lead over the L.A. Kings. Mile High City, 7-10 to go in the first period there. So keep an eye there. Uh, Mark Hoke, you were raising your hands. What was that for? Was that because the Rangers are losing? Of course. Oh, okay, I wasn't yeah. sure. I, I thought you, maybe there was another goal. I didn't you know, know. Do you realize, you know, since we've been doing the show, you know, this is you know, it's close to, what, four years we've been mm-hmm. working together, right? Yep. The Flyers have sucked. But now, all of a sudden, they're good. You and I are finally going to get the dance to dance the dance. All right, well, let's go. I'm, We're I'm, going to get to dance the dance, my friend. I'm ready. It's you know, I, I still got to pay up Krivsky, man. Wayne Krivsky's coming in from that bet where we all had, well, myself, Andy Isco, and, uh, of course, Krivsky all had two teams to win the AL, and he got it right with the Texas Rangers being one of his two. So he'll be in studio on Tuesday. So I've actually oh, yeah? I've got to actually ante up. 
I don't know if Visco will uh, drop his C-note by. He may. But uh, Krivsky, I haven't seen him in a while, so he'll be here with Rob Rishi on Tuesday. Monday, of course, John Taffer comes in along with rock and roll artist, and I'm talking about art, eclectic art, but a musician, and uh, Michael Goddard. And his artwork, I found out more about him. His artwork is all over different parts of Vegas as far as uh, casino hotels. And it's also sold on cruises. Found that out from uh, one of my connections over there at Panish's firm. So looking forward to meeting both those gentlemen on Monday night. That'll be right here on Monday Night Sports X Radio, the top of the show. So that'll be fun times because John Taffer did not realize he started the NFL Sunday ticket. That was his idea. Really? I did not know that. I did not know it either until I uh, did a little research today. You know, that kind of makes sense when you think about it. Because, you know, if you're running bars and you want to watch the games, you know, you were only able probably to get your local games. So mm-hmm. someone wanted to come up with a way to watch all the games. Well, you know, who, who needs that the most? Bar owners. Brilliant. Agreed. What a, what a smart guy. Yeah, he is definitely a smart guy. There is no question. So we'll have him in studio on Monday along with Michael Goddard, another brilliant artist as far as uh, not only uh, great artwork, but also somebody that has made a name for himself and a uh, big-time musician as well and well-connected to a lot of folks all over the, uh, the world. And these folks, both of them, have people coming in and out of Vegas. They uh, make it in here regularly themselves. And I can't wait to pick the brain of Taffer. Of course, we'll have our Super Bowl matchup set on Monday night, so we'll get selections from both those gentlemen when they make it in here. Looking forward to that. Meanwhile, college basketball, that game I was talking about, Wisconsin, they won earlier in East Lansing against C-Win Sparty. Uh, They took care of business in East Lansing. So I thought, eh, Sparty's going to be fired up for this one. And there's a good trend that when a team as a favorite in college basketball, loses on their home court and then goes to inside conference play and then goes to the other team's home court, a lot of times they return the favor, not only by covering as an underdog, but by winning outright. My buddy really liked Wisconsin, and I threw that stat at him. I didn't touch the game myself, but he's probably mad at me if he didn't play it because Wisconsin has blown out Michigan State at the Cole Center, in Madison, 71-53 to with 8.40 to go in the second half. Badgers are a pretty good team. They were actually only a two-and-a-half-point home favorite in this game. Total 135-and-a-half, which should get there rather easily, sitting at 124 right now. Two other games going right now, 45-43. This is a good one between St. Bonaventure and St. Joseph's. Both pretty good teams in the Atlantic 10. St. Bonnie's up by two, 45-43, second half just underway. But St. Joe's, the Hawks, pretty good team this year. And then Seattle. In the WAC, they are pretty good as well. Now, they're not in first place. They're in the middle of the pack, but they did knock off first place Grand Canyon. That's the Antelope's only loss in conference play. And uh, Seattle is leading Utah Valley State. That is the Wolverines, the other Wolverines, not Michigan. It's Utah Valley State. 31-24, your score. Seattle up 5-10 to go in the first half. One game yet to tip off from the Haas Pavilion. A battle of no-cal teams, soon to be ACC juggernauts. That's right, Stanford at Cal. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? ACC. That's just unbelievable. <laughs> that, that, that thought just makes me want to puke. It is. It's just bizarre. 
Meanwhile, we do have four finals. Kent State at home. They get beat by Ohio. Golden Flash is at home. They were favored by three, but Ohio U gets the win. 71-64 game stays well under the total. Iana buries Siena. They win 70-51. to They were actually up 41-16 to at the half. They were laying 11. That line went up. It was 8.5, went up to 11 at the Westgate Superbook. Total 132. Game stays under, but easy cover for the Gales of Iona. That, of course, where Patino was before he took over at St. John's. Marist at Niagara. Niagara got a late run there. They trailed the second half much throughout. But the Purple Eagles go on a run, so they get the win and the cover. The two and a half, they win it by five. 67-62, and the game barely stays under by two points. Total 131, game hits 129. And then Manhattan at Canisius. Golden Griffins at Canisius up in upstate New York. They were favored by eight. They win it by 12 over Manhattan. Jasper is a down year as Canisius wins at 82-70. to and that does get over the 144. So those are your college basketball games. There was one right in game. UL Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns at home, minus five, closing number. They win it by six, 81-75 against Arkansas State. This is unreal. You cannot make this stuff up. The total in the game was 156. Final score, 81-75. to 156. Come on, man. I mean, this is just unbelievable. I know they throw this stuff in and out of computers, but when you see that, here it is the side within a point, and the total lands right on the number. All those crazy kids, they just planned it out. You know, it's crazy, though, but literally, if you went downtown to the Circa, the total was 156.5. So if you played it over, you didn't get your money back, you lost. You played it under, you win it. So that's why people laugh, and they go, oh, come on, what are you worried about a half point? If I had, and Chuck Edel, and, and Crackman, and all these guys, Fezzik, they'll all tell you, if I had a dollar for every half point, win or loss, you know, it'd be amazing. I mean, the amount of money difference uh, that you would have. So that a look at the games that are going, and we'll keep an eye. Colorado up 2 nothing on those L.A. Kings, 455 first period in Florida, still 2-1 to leading at Pittsburgh. Mark Hoke's other uh, team that he cannot stand, the Pittsburgh Penguins. This has turned out to be a good hockey it night for me. It could be a good night for oh, you. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, no question. Are the Devils losing too? Uh, they're, yeah, they have the night off, the old Devils. Uh, that, that's okay. That means they didn't win. So. Yeah, plenty of college basketball on Saturday. And my good buddy Mark Gerasi, he's been following my plays as far as college basketball for the last almost two decades. And he told me, he said, KT, out of all the times, because I log all your stuff, and out of all the days, and you would think – Saturday, because there's such a plethora, smorgasbord of games, right? Every team in action, conference, season, time. He said, it's your worst day. Your worst day is Saturday. And it's probably because there's just so many games. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, you're yeah, so you're you got, looking. you got a massive amount of variance there. He said, Sunday, he said, Sunday is, the, if, he said, if I just played your games on Sunday for the last 15 years and nothing else, I could have retired early. That's how good I am on Sundays. Maybe you should just shut up about Saturday and ignore it. I know. I, maybe I should just not even deal with Saturday. That's what just, I'm saying. Just I'll, let it I'll go. I'll be like Belichick on to Sunday. Yeah. That was the other thing I was going to ask you real quick. How surprised are you that Belichick has not been hired yet? That Raheem Moore hiring was pretty shocking to me. But, you know, he's he's been in Atlanta before. They know him. And... You know, sometimes guys comes in comes to an interview and just blows you out of the water. Randy Morris, yes, yeah, I'm sorry, and it, you know, the, familiarity, I guess. 
you know, at the same time, I, you know, one thing I think there, there's a little bit of a trend of, you know, the old guard, everybody's kind of trying to step away. You know, you saw that in Carolina. They, they're looking for a young guy. They want to, they claim they want to have somebody that's going to stay for 20 or 30 years. Well, good luck on that. That doesn't happen very often in the NFL, but you know, maybe just everybody's kind of said, you know, we don't really want Pete Carroll around. We don't want Bill Belichick around. We want to, you know, get in, get with the times a little bit more, get younger on our coaching staffs. And, you know, he just, you know, we don't, and, and Bill Belichick's going to want a lot of control too. So there's some things against Belichick. You know, just maybe, Bill, it's time to just say, you know, get on the yacht with Brady and pop some corks and have a great time, man. Do you want to update? It's looking better now for the Niners as far as Debo Samuel. He is uh, definitely going to be playing. And Mark Andrews was cleared to play for the Baltimore Ravens. They've been without him for a long time. But this kid likely is a heck of a tight end himself. So I don't know how much they'll miss Mark Andrews. It would help if he was you know, close to 100%. But I have a feeling they're just getting him back. He's going to be on the roster. They get him back in time, which would give him some time. So if he is able to play in the Super Bowl, at least he's been cleared because they have you only have a certain amount of time to clear somebody once you take them off that IL. So we will keep an eye on that. Take our final break of hour number one, SportsX Radio. Again, Odessa Turner, make it in for hour number two. Going to talk some Super Bowl. He played in the Super Bowl with those New York Giants back in the day. Good, solid, wide receiver. And uh, got a lot to get into. Got a lot of college basketball that I'm going to get into. Some of the overnights when we come back. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM. Don streaming live on that Odyssey app. The Rangers get an empty netter. And now they still have the goalie out. So if you have the under in this game, because the Rangers just scored with less than a minute, it's now 4-2. to two. The total is 6. And if uh, you know one of these teams scores, it's going to be a bad beat for those that had the under with uh, a goal by the team that did pull the goalie. You expect maybe the team that's got a shot at the empty net, which is Vegas, and they've actually got a shot right here. And uh, let's see if they get it. And they do. So Vegas just got it. With 28.4 seconds Yay! to go, it puts it over the total, 5-2 to two, VGK. Yay! And it's Marcheseau that gets it, so he gets the hat trick. Jonathan Marcheseau, number 81. He is phenomenal. 25 goals, I believe, now on the year for Marchie. And, uh, yeah, nice job there. Fantastic. I don't see, I don't see any hats on the ice, but uh, Marcheseau with a great deke and a beautiful shot from the right side. And 5-2. to two. VGK going to take out the Rangers That's one more time. Yeah, you know, it's good for VGK. It's good for Vegas. Awesome, Vegas. Fifth career hat trick, second this season for March or so. We take a break. We'll come back. You're listening to SportsX Radio. I'm Ken Thompson with producer Mark Hoke. We'll be right back live from Vegas. Back to SportsX Radio, a little uppercut swing funny. Theme song for Claudio Castagnoli from AEW. I'm Mark Hoke here, uh, just uh, filling in for Ken while he returns into the studio here on SportsX Radio. And of course, I got a chance to interview Claudio Castagnoli for my show, Mark Hoke Show, coming up on Sunday, 8 to 10 a.m. We're going to get to hear from Claudio and, of course, uh, 
getting ready for the Royal Rumble. We'll have a report on that on Sunday as well. That's happening Saturday night. Uh, if you want to watch that on Peacock, that'll be starting pre-show at 4. Card at 5. And Ken Thompson, I believe, is situated back in the studio. Ken Thompson, welcome back to your own show. And yeah, Exactly. Thank you, Mark Hoke. Odessa Turner making it in. Didn't want him to wait in the lobby there and uh, had to go grab him. Going to have him as guest in hour number two. Going to talk a lot of course, uh, big games coming up on Sunday. Niners at home hosting those uh, Detroit Lions. Boy, Detroit, first time in a finale as far as a championship game since 1957. Pretty impressive. I mean, that's old school NFL football. Not a lot of folks alive that remember that. Well, you know, I I, I hope that, I, you know, I, I don't know if there's anybody outside the three cities remaining that, doesn't want to see Detroit get to the Super Bowl and win this thing. I really don't. I mean, who wouldn't want to see the, the Lions win this thing? Well, you know what? People that are going to uh, be betting on the game that want the 49ers to get there and uh, people that have futures. You got the <sighs> Can't 40- let it go. people that listen, people that want to see the rematch of the Niners in Baltimore because Lamar and company dispatched Purdy and company up there in Santa Clara. So Niner fans are like, look, we just want one more shot. We <laughs> just- want one more shot to. Avenge See, the loss. And there you go. You're talking about the teams from those guys from those cities. But can let the heart in. Let that love light shine for Detroit one time. Uh, look, I have Just no. Let it I, go, man. I have no dog in the fight. I didn't even bet on these games yet. But I will tell you, the only thing that I advise to do is I would tease Kansas City right now. Baltimore is up to four and a half at Circa, still four at the Westgate Superbook. So I do a six point teaser there. Get them up to ten and a half. And then Ravens down to one. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Niners down to one. Niners minus one at home. Look, if Detroit wins, they win. I mean, I just don't know if they're going to be able to protect Goff. If they're able to get the running game going, and we'll talk about it. But if Gibbs and uh, Montgomery are able to run the ball, similar to the way Aaron Jones ran the ball last week, that'll put pressure on that Niner defense, right? Aaron Jones ran all over them. And that put pressure. And the pass, you know, the pass rush was not what we expect from the 49ers now. It was raining, too, so the traction wasn't there. Trust me, Nick Bosa and company, they're probably going to get after Jared Goff. You're missing your starting left guard. How key will that be for Detroit? We'll wait and see. We'll get the take from Odessa Turner. He'll weigh in on that game. He'll weigh in on the Ravens at home against the Chiefs. Now, that game will be played in rain unless something changes drastically over the next 48 hours, but it looks like it's going to be raining during game time there, Baltimore and Kansas City, so we'll look forward to that. As we uh, wrap up hour number one here, let me uh, just go back to the scores for a second. But, uh, Mark, elaborate a little bit as far as uh, your take uh, going into this game because I didn't, I never got your take. And if I get going with Odessa and don't get your take, I want you to elaborate. San Francisco at home against Detroit. Would you take seven and a half points now because it's up to seven and a half a bunch of places here in Vegas? Or would you take uh mm-hmm. would, would you would you think about teasing the Niners like I said down to 1 or 1 and a half with Kansas City up over 10 I still want to I mean Debo is going to play I think so I boy I I'm ugh, it's 7 and a half is a lot though I you know what I think I'd still I think I'd take Detroit in the points that one's that's a lot of points in this game and I think Detroit is going to come out on a mission but I, I think the Niners win the game, but I, I think I would uh, I think I'd take Detroit in the points. All right. Meanwhile, Baltimore 
At home against Kansas City, KC just doesn't lose in the postseason, at least with Mahomes at the helm. Where are you going there? Does Lamar Jackson get it done? I think they do. I think they are just playing incredible football. I, I'm not sold the way Kansas City's playing, but I will say this. KC played the best game of the season, I thought, against Buffalo. But at the same time, uh, you know, they skated by on a missed field goal. I'm taking Baltimore. There you go. I mean, Kansas City, to me, outside of the Mecole Hardman fumbles, couldn't play a more perfect game. I thought they were outstanding on both sides of the ball. So yeah, and, and, they, and honestly, they should, still shouldn't have won that game. They still shouldn't have won the game. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm feeling, uh, you know, they all, still thought, shouldn't have won the game. I mean, come yeah. on, man. I, I, I don't, I don't even understand how you could say that. I can. Why? Because why would you say they? they well, still sh- you know, you have, you have a missed field goal, and you know they were just. You have I, a Josh I, Allen fumble that they are so lucky they recovered. That Kincaid makes an incredible just to keep that ball alive. He's on the ground and he swats at it. Two Kansas City guys are there ready to get it. Kincaid well, swats other, it, and that allows an offensive know, lineman to other, come by. You had a couple other drops during the game too. Well, you know, yeah, that <laughs> just there were some bad breaks yeah, in that Diggs, game that they Diggs made dropped the ball KC that he normally catches. No question that had had Buffalo actually capitalized on him, and that field goal goes through. I think Buffalo wins that game. I I I like Baltimore. Just just trust me, Ken. I'm, Trust me. No, I, I heard you, you never you, trust me. I, of course, you I'm not going to trust. Me. Never trust an Eagles fan. Why would I trust wow. an Eagles fan? Come on, wow! Man. Stop it. If I could trust you, you wouldn't have dropped five out of six. <sighs> hey, you know what? I didn't hire those coordinators. I didn't do it. That's your team, man. You know, I didn't. I didn't have a look. Pop. You, My, you celebrate the, when when they win, and when you had when you thought you had the home field advantage, and you were going to get revenge on those Niners from taking you out in Philly. You thought you were going to get a crack at him in Philly again. And then your boys proceeded to drop five out of six. Yeah, they played like crap. Well, is what it is, man. Well, GG, as the kids like to say. There you good go. Game. It's going to be a lot of fun next year. I'm telling you, right here in Raiderland, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling Antonio Pierce is going to get us back on the map. It's going to be tough with uh, yeah, be the another, AFC West being what it is. It'll be another fun nine and eight season. No, well, it was eight and nine this year. Let's hope they. Uh, can get up over 500 next year, but I think Antonio Pierce for a full year. I think we're looking at 10 and seven, 11 and six is what I'm shooting for. I haven't seen the schedule. Yeah, hang Don't on till know. that schedule comes out there, Bucky. <laughs> yeah, we got to wait for the uh, for the rosters. There's going to be some yeah, some moves just, there. Yeah, big you time. better you we'll better find out. you better cool the Jets there. Yeah, I will say this: that from what I'm hearing, the Ra- the Raiders are going to be after a quarterback and I'm not and look I would love to get Justin Fields if the Bears do not want Justin Fields I would love him in silver and black I think Justin Fields has a great upside I think the Bears are they're going to be sorry they're going to go and they're going to grab Caleb Williams I wouldn't yeah, I, I wouldn't do that well I I just think Justin Fields is a good solid quarterback especially for the windy city especially for that nasty weather because he's a guy that can tuck it under and run. He just didn't have a ton of weapons skill position-wise around him. Yeah, my, my move is trade down a couple spots, get Marvin Harrison, and be very, very happy. We'll wait and see, and we'll wait and see. But from what I heard, the Raiders are looking at a couple veteran quarterbacks. Look, Aiden O'Connell's going to still be part of the mix, but he's got to learn, and he may be learning under somebody that uh, is wearing purple right now. At least Ooh, going to the offseason. All right. 
All right. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM KDOM. We stream live on the Worldwide Odyssey app. You miss any part of the show, archives are pinned 45 minutes after the broadcast right there on X at SportsX Radio at Ken Thompson 87 or use the Odyssey Rewind feature right after the show's over. You can go back, search SportsX Radio Ken Thompson, bring it right up. Live from Vegas, hour number one in the books. We'll be right back. Keep it right here, live from Vegas. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. now. All right, KT, PSR Law Studios. Hour number two here live from Vegas, 101.5 FMK, Don streaming live on that Odyssey app. Uh, i got a special guest in studio. Going to get with him in just a sec. Let me update you on the scores, get you caught up on what's going on. Got four finals now from the Association. Wild game, I told you, in Atlanta. 148-143, Mavs beat the Hawks. Needless to say, it flew over the total, 246.5. Rockets, 138-104, beat the Hornets on the road. Pacers, hold on, beat the Suns in Indianapolis, 133-131. Wild game there. Clippers, 127-107, they win north of the border in Toronto in a game that barely stays under the 236.5. Game's rolling right now. Grizz lead the Magic, 7.15 to go fourth quarter in Memphis, 99-92. Thunder up 101-79, down in the bayou on the Pelicans. Only four minutes left in the fourth quarter. New Orleans didn't show up tonight. Cavs, 85-77, now on top of Giannis and Damon. The guys now make it a 10-point lead, 10 minutes to go in Milwaukee, 87-77. That may be the debut there for Doc Rivers and uh, not working out well right now for Milwaukee. Keep an eye on that one. Then the Blazers lead in San Antonio. Minute 37 to go first quarter, 31-24. Portland up by seven. Meanwhile, College Hardwood, Wisconsin makes it 2-0 and this year against Michigan State. Beat up on Izzo's boys at the Kohl Center in Wisconsin. 81-66 your final. Game flying over the total. Game's going now. St. Bonnie's has opened it up big time on St. Joe's. That game was tied up just a few minutes ago. Now with 6.55 to go second half. It's St. Bonnie's up 77-62, laying two and a half. You should get the cover there. Seattle at the half leads Utah Valley State 40 to 34 and Stanford Cal coming up at the top of the hour. Cal minus two and a half, 154 is your total. And again, the Raging Cajuns, UL Lafayette in a makeup game beat Arkansas State 81 to 75. On the ice, it's a final Vegas 5-2 over the Rangers. Game does go over. Bad beat for those that had the under and 3-2. Florida holds off Pittsburgh. That game on the road, Panthers get the win. 3-0 Colorado, the Avalanche. They just started the second period at home against the L.A. Kings, and the only game yet to start in Seattle, the Kraken at home, minus 175, six-year total against the St. Louis Blues. Without further ado, I welcome in my guest here in hour number two, making it into the PSR Law Studios, Odessa Turner, a man from Northwestern State that can flat out run after that ball, make some catches, had great speed, great hops, Six foot three, and he's still uh, he's still looking tall and lean, looking like he still has a little eligibility. Odessa, great to have you here, SportsX Radio in Las Vegas. Thank you very much, Ken. Good to be here. 
and uh, look forward to having some great conversations. There you go. And, of course, uh, the Giants right there, a lot of people, oh, New York Giants, New York Jets. No, they both play in Jersey. It's MetLife now was the Meadowlands, you know, not too far over there in East Rutherford. So I know the lay of the land really well uh, growing up in Fairfield, New Jersey, up in Essex County. So, uh, you know, the G-Men, doormats for a long, long time. But then Parcells came on the scene and he really built something there. He's a Jersey guy and uh, just a, a local guy that, you know, they knew him at the bakeries. They knew him at the butcher. I mean, he was one of those guys. He doesn't have any entourage with him. It's Bill Parcells, for the love of God. He'll get out and talk to anybody. He'll remember your name. He's that guy, always paying attention to detail. And, of course, Belichick, defensive coordinator there. Orange Barger was there before him. And uh, just a lot of good, solid coaches under that Parcells tree. Odessa Turner, what was it like to – play for somebody like Bill Parcells. Well at first when I first got up there it was a little uh it was a little it was a little scary. Uh they had just won the Super Bowl and uh we coming into a, a place that they really didn't need nobody. And uh you learned right away real quick that uh he was all about business. But uh if you was a hard worker and uh you showed up to practice every day and uh you kinda like won some favors. Yeah, and you were there for a while, which is good. But, yes, it is tough coming in. The uh, Giants were able to beat Denver and get that Super Bowl that they had tried to get to so many years. And Parcells really built a team that was made for that Jersey weather. Especially, you know, if they were going to have home field advantage, they had to make sure that they were ready in the wind and the, the rain. And trust me, my old man on the weekends, like, it's always the crappy weather in Jersey on the weekends because they know, they know I have off. And it's like the old man would be blowing a gasket. But, uh, you know, those giant teams, I remember Joe Morris getting the ball. And there would be so many times with Parcel teams, it would be so frustrating. You'd look up and you'd go, first quarter, Giants had the ball 12 minutes and 20 seconds. The other team had it three, uh, you know, two minutes and 40 seconds. And the score was three to nothing. Because the Giants had that ball control offense, and they just built it, and they they wore down the other team. And he said, I don't need to put up a ton of points, but I need my team to be ready to play in this type of weather and to be able to have ball control. And Phil Simms was the the head honcho at that time. And we remember the Super Bowl. He's 22 of 25 against Denver. McConkie with a great catch. I mean, yeah, Bavaro. I mean, one of the greatest tight ends ever. And uh, just a, a good, solid effort. And they trailed that game 10-9 to 9 at the half, but they came up big time and took care of business and the Broncos to get that elusive Super Bowl. And then you come on the scene. And so what was it like? Because, you know, these guys already have something. But from what I heard, a lot of those guys were hungry to get back there. Yeah, a lot of guys was hungry, but you got to look at it. You know, I came with uh, Mark Ingram, uh, Stephen Baker, the touchdown maker, yep. and myself. And uh, we came in hungry. And we knew that uh, in order for us to uh, get on the field, we had to show up. And that's what we did. And uh, like I'm saying, uh, Mark Ingram went on and had one of the, one of the best catch and run that actually uh, put us in position to win that Super Bowl. And uh, Stephen Baker uh, caught the first touchdown, but myself, I was I was injured and I couldn't play. But I was there on the sideline just cheering my guys on. And uh, if you look at it, our team was built to run. With OJ Anderson, you know we resu- we resurrected his career, old timer I call him, and uh, he had one of the most uh, to me one of the most outstanding ground games yeah, of the it, Super Bowl era. Oh, unbelievable against Buffalo! I mean, just a phenomenal. Super Bowl, when the Giants and Bills met, was absolutely incredible. 
And uh, it was ironic because you had the Gulf War and all that stuff coming to an end. And it was weird that both teams wore red, white, and blue. I mean, how patriotic can it get for that uh, Super Bowl? Like I'm saying, and, and then you had one of the most iconic fingers, uh, Whitney Houston, to actually uh, sing the, the national anthem. I was right there. And that's one of the best that has ever been with the uh, Hueys, the uh, F. F fifteens coming mm-hmm. over the uh, stadium. It was just uh, it was just an iconic moment. Yeah, you, it brought the chills to you. I mean, there's no doubt. You feel like uh, I'll say it. I felt you could feel the Holy Spirit just coming over. One hundred percent, unbelievable. Just uh, if you were there, like you were in person, even more so. I mean, I just felt it now. Just saying that again. But of course, following the Giants since I was a little kid, and I remember the uh, the regional rules there for the Jets and Giants. And my dad, you know the. Jets had some good teams with Joe Namath and whatnot, and the Giants had a lot of lean years. And my dad used to say, God dang, man, we got to watch these guys again. They're pathetic. I mean, and he'd go back to the Pisarchik and Bruner and all these quarterbacks from B. And it was just like, he goes, God, it's so hard to watch these guys. Can't we just get another game? And back then, of course, you didn't have the NFL ticket or any of that. You were forced to watch the teams from your area. And uh, my dad used to be ecstatic sometimes if uh, one of the teams was on Monday night because then you'd get to watch, you know, some of the other teams. And then, of course, you'd get one of the two networks. It was either CBS or NBC would have a late game. And so you'd get to watch a couple teams maybe from the West Coast, maybe the Raiders, maybe the Chargers with Dan Fouts back in the day with that high-octane Air Coryell offense. And uh, I could see you enjoying playing on that Air Coryell offense, Odessa Turner. Oh, listen, uh, 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 like I'm saying, uh, one thing that I that I still can't rip, I still can't wrap my head around is they're both like New York Giants, New York Jets, but we play in New Jersey. Right. And when I came up there, I'm going like, well, are we going to be playing in, in New York? Or this just a practice place at the at the Meadowlands. So to that, and I'm like I'm saying, I still can't wrap my head around that though. Yeah, that's what I always say. Like people say, uh, how many football teams play in New York? And I go one. And they're like, no, there's three. And I go, no, there's one. There's two in Jersey, and Buffalo's in New York. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like the... I'm saying, it's it just it's just amazing because I knew at one point in time they was up trying to build a stadium like off the West Side Highway, but that would have been roadkill with the traffic. That's that wouldn't happen. There you go. All right. So tell me a little bit uh, before you go to Northwestern State. Let's go back. Odessa Turner as a young lad. How did you get into football? Was it something that you liked or was it something the old man liked or your grandfather or was there uh, kids around the neighborhood that that's you guys just got into football and and you realized, hey, I'm pretty fast. I, I can play this game, and I can flat out catch the ball. How did you learn the game, and who were some of the people that got you interested in the game of football? Well, um, I really didn't get interested in football until I actually uh, moved from the rural area to more of the suburb area, from uh, Alto Parish to Monroe, Louisiana. And uh, I just started uh, playing pickup football with friends uh, in the backyard, and uh, my father wasn't into sports. My mother wasn't into sports, but I did have an uncle uh, named uh, Uncle Tiny who was big into sports, into sports betting. So one day I was walking through the living room and uh, all my uncles, aunties was there and I saw all these people on TV running up and down the field with these uniforms on and, and it just caught my eye. And my eye got big as a bug and I told my, my, my dad and them that one day I'm going to do that. So they all like kind of like laughed and ha ah, ha ha, but my uncle was the one that said, "Don't laugh because he might get the last laugh on you." So as I grow 
as I start playing, playing, I get to start playing in Pop Warner. I had an older brother playing before me who was an offensive lineman. So I really looked up to him. So when he went to uh, high school, he became a sophomore. I became a freshman. They actually thought that I was going to be an offensive lineman. As skinny as I was, I was on the line trying to block. And so one day my brother told the coach, he, he said, Coach, uh, won't you let him try wide receiver? He's pretty fast. He can run. So the coach gave me a chance. And at that time, I don't know if you remember a coach named uh, uh, Leandro Fobbs. Okay. He was a running back, I think, for the Buffalo Bills. Yep. During that time when uh, O.J. Simpson was up there. And so um, he was my position coach. So he gave me an opportunity. And so once he saw like how fast I was, the transition was made. And so I had people, uh, as I got through uh, high school, I became a pretty good athlete. Had a lot of offers. Uh, Bobby, uh, Sammy White is from my hometown. Uh, who was a uh, Smith from the Buffalo Bills? I mean, from the Philadelphia Eagles, was from my hometown, and uh, they were they all went to school at Orambling State University, which is down the road from me. Sure. So, so they Sammy were, White Vikings, right? right? Yes, yeah, Sammy White and Charlie Smith. Charlie Smith, Smith yeah, from, I remember, from, right? the, from, the, from the Eagles. Yep. So they were from my hometown. So they had heard about me, and I heard about them. So they started working me out. And then when I went to college, I had people like Bobby Bear who would come back, uh, Mark Duper, who who would come back. Uh, Super Duper, yeah, man. The Marks man. Bro, one of the Marks brothers for uh, Dan yeah. Marino, yes, back in the day. Victor was Otis. So, no, like I'm saying, I had a whole variety of players, but my, but the one player that I looked up to the most was James Lofton from the Green Bay Packers. Yes. Because uh, I just liked the way he just transitioned. He was smooth. Oh, I loved it. With the long, with the long white socks and everything like that, so I kind of, kind of like took my game after, after him. And you, of course, you had the height and you had the speed. Yes, I did. Six three. Six Six, three, and you can move, man. I'm telling you, and that's that. That's a good feeling knowing that when you see one on one coverage, you know there's a good chance that you're going to blow by your guy if he doesn't get secondary help from the safeties, and you're going to be a threat to score. Well, like I'm saying, you learn real quick if you when you're dealing with Phil Sims. You know what I'm saying? Once he uh gained the trust of you, he can give you a look. Like uh, I remember this one game we played against the Washington Redskins, and it was uh, a home game. And uh, we was down by like three points going into the fourth quarter, I, I do believe. And uh, we had worked on this particular pass pattern like the entire week. And we knew at this, at this certain junction that that, that that free safety would come down. And so at this at that moment he just looked at me and gave me that look like you know, like this is what we worked on and it worked to perfection. Touchdown. Yeah, Phil Sims was somebody that really paid attention to detail. We talk about the modern day guys, uh Peyton Manning, but Phil Sims was one of those guys because he didn't have the greatest scrambling ability and but he he knew how to he had a good solid play fake and because the giants did run the ball a lot his play fake worked a lot and so if you were open he was on the money a lot of times with those passes when he struggled passing the ball the giants they were in a lot of trouble because they would have to just rely on the run and then the year that they're going out, that they end up playing buffalo it looks like again that sims is going to have another opportunity to go back to the super bowl but he gets hurt and people don't realize, hey, Hostetler, 
People didn't know this kid out of West Virginia. I mean, unless you watch college football. And he was actually, I believe, married to Coach Nealon's daughter, uh, the coach from West Virginia. I think he married his daughter. But Hostedler was a different animal. And I liked him because he did scramble. He wouldn't just wait. And to me, I look at Josh Allen's game, like because there's scrambling quarterbacks, but there's not a lot of real tough scrambling quarterbacks. Haas, back in the day, he wasn't just going to run and slide. Oh, Haas, especially if you're a secondary player, he's lowering that shoulder. He's probably going to take you out. Tell me a little bit about Haas, Taylor. Well, see, uh, what they saw, we had already been seeing because uh, he was always a quarterback for the uh, practicing players. Right. And he already had that continuity with us. We called him the truth. And he ever, and he didn't know why, but when he got his opportunity to play, he understood why we called him the truth because he was just a, a bag of talent just waiting to explode the same scenario as you had in uh, San Francisco with uh, Steve Young was backing up Joe Montana. You just had a blush of talent. Right. They were just waiting to be released. And uh, just so fortunate, Phil went down and uh, Hostetter stepped in. And it's, it's, it's like we picked up a beat. Everybody rattled around Hostetter because we knew we had a great running game. And if we could just get a little of the of that pass mixed into it. And uh, like I said, uh, if a quarterback can give you three to four first downs a game off his legs, right. it makes the game easier. And for all those yes. NFC opponents, for all those years that, you know, new Phil Sims and handing off to Joe Morris and then OJ and, and this, but all of a sudden, Throw those tapes away because they don't mean anything because Haas is a totally different animal, and that was a major advantage for the Giants going down the stretch and getting back to the Super Bowl, and they were unbelievable. I mean, they took care of business big time in the postseason. That defense was absolutely unbelievable, and it's very difficult to beat a team in the NFL three times in a season, but they did that against Washington. That's right, and and like I'm saying, I just want to give a whole lot of credit because because of our offensive linemen, they didn't get enough credit. You know, Doug Riesenberg, Bart Oaks, uh, William, William Roberts, uh, you know, uh, 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 that offensive lineman, I mean, in that, that Buffalo game, if you if you actually go back and watch that game, them big boys up front, they was putting in that work, man. Them dogs up front, they was you – know, they, they, they was – they was taking they was taking control against an incredible Buffalo oh, defense yes. with Bruce Smith. Oh yes, and and, and turn uh, Turner and oh boy, the tally tally, tally yeah. Oh, yeah tally. oh, I love tally because oh, he, missed, gosh, they, he missed that tackle. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't miss many back in the no, day. There's no question. And that that team, I mean, and that's that's funny that you said that because we're we're going to take a break. But you mentioned. Uh, Buffalo, and we're talking about that Super Bowl. Odessa Turner started in that Super Bowl. We'll talk about that when we come back because there was an interesting tidbit that I thought of right away when the Bills just recently lost that last playoff game at home to Kansas City. We'll talk about that when we come back. SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK Dawn. Good night for the Vegas Golden Knights. Take care of business in a big way. Also, do not forget uh, UNLV. Ladies and men, both in action coming up tomorrow. The men will be at San Jose State. That'll be a 6 p.m. tip. You'll be able to watch that one on TV, and you can listen on ESPN Radio locally here in town. And then the running Rebs uh, will be back at home 
coming up against Fresno State on Tuesday and then next Saturday, Wyoming comes in town to Thomas and Mack. Meanwhile, the ladies, Lindy LaRock, they play Nevada here at the Cox Pavilion tomorrow at 2 p.m. They are 16-2 and overall, 6-1 and inside the Mountain West. Remember, they've won 30 out of their last 31. 30-1 and record inside the Mountain West, the one loss uh, a little bit ago to New Mexico right there at the end. And then the lady... Uh, Pokes, the Lady Cowboys, they are the cowgirls, I should say, from Wyoming. They come in here to Cox Pavilion on Wednesday, and they are the team that is tied atop the Mountain West with the uh, Lady Running Rebels. So a little uh, hometown cooking over the weekend. Uh, The men on the road, but the ladies at home, and then the men will be back home Wednesday and Saturday. Odessa Turner is in studio, SportsX Radio. We're rolling here, 101.5 FM, K-Don, streaming live on that Odyssey app. Again, you miss any part of the show, just use that Odyssey Rewind feature. Or again, on X, formerly known as Twitter, you can follow at KenThompson87 at SportsX Radio, and I will pin the archives right there at both those handles, about 45 minutes after the broadcast. Live from Vegas, PSR Law Studios, it is SportsX Radio, produced by Mark Hoke. Mark Hoke Show coming up again Sunday, the best in professional wrestling, Sunday morning, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., right here. We're both live from Vegas. We'll be right back. A little earth, wind, and fire on a Friday football fiasco. Hope spinning the hits. KT Live, Odessa Turner in studio, PSR Lost Studios. And uh, don't forget the best in personal injury for a long time in Southern Cal. You're number five here in the Vegas Valley. Jot it down. 702, you got the area code down for Vegas. 830-9353. Real quick before I get back with Odessa, remember, demographically, if you fall between the ages of 40 and 72, you are very fortunate that Dr. John Pearson Company are right here in the Vegas Valley. The only scanner of its kind in the region gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center. Jot that number down. Again, you got the 702 area code for Vegas, 534-7900. Give a call now. You can leave your name and number. They'll get back to you. Set up that free educational consultation. Make sure you tell them KT from SportsX Radio sent you. Trust me, I've used this scanner. About 17% of the scans come back with some type of irregularity. But that'll give you an opportunity to get with your physicians, be proactive, find out. You do not want to get blindsided with the Widowmaker and be dead, taken out. You saw the assistant coach for the Golden State Warriors, 46 years old, boom, done, dead, one time. That's all you had. Find out if your arteries are clogging up. The heart CT scan and calcium score special. This is ridiculous. It's off the chain, $600 value, $125. Your significant other is absolutely free. The two of you get in there, a $1,200 value for a total of $125. Find out if your heart is being clogged. Those arteries are clogged up. Ladies, number one killer of women, year in, year out in the United States is heart disease. So give a call now, 534-7900. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Preventative Diagnostic Center, Dr. John Pierce and company. They will take care of you. PD Center. LV.com. You can go check out the scanner. There's some FYI questions answered there as well. PD Center, LV.com. Odessa Turner, great to have you. And now demographically, you fall in there. So I'm going to get your, your keister out there to the Preventive Diagnostic Center, although you look like you're in great shape, but you can't always tell. No, no, that, that's right. You, 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 all of a sudden, somebody that looks like, ah, oh, the picture of health. What? What do you mean? 
drop dead of a heart attack or something crazy. It's just you, you never know. Every day is a blessing, as we say. And I know you feel that way. But uh, growing up in the South, how did you transition to Vegas? We'll get back to football, and I'm going to get your take on those two big games. And, of course, we'll get into your time in San Fran because you played for the Niners as well as the Giants. But how would you end up in Vegas? With, um, like, my uh, my wife was used to always come out here, and she had always said that she had wanted to – live in Vegas, so she actually came out here trying to find a, a job at one point in time. That's before we knew each other. And uh, one day uh, I was in New Jersey, and I just got tired of the shoveling the snow. I mean, it just kept coming down because I was living up in Wayne, up in the mountains. Wayne, yeah. right there. I know where it is. Oh my right God. off Route 46, so, baby. So one day the Willowbrook I, Mall. Yeah. <laughs> so one day I came to her and said, uh, you want to move? She said, really? I said, let's move to Vegas. Because this is where uh, all my ex-teammates, the, the people that I know, my friends, everybody at one point in time come to Vegas. And so this was the ideal place. And uh, from Vegas, you can get in, and plus the weather. Plus so, the weather. Right, right, and here's the thing. So people go, yeah, but 105, 110. I said, look, if you live down the bayou like you did, it'd be 85, but the humidity will kill you. But right? listen, yeah, listen, but I have the – I have arthritis, my body just broke down from right. being taken out all the beans and this was it right here just it's like therapeutic for me. Yes. So like that movie with Nick Nolte back in the day, North Dallas forty, that's real because you guys get beat up. And back in the day when you're playing, not only did you get beat up, you got beat up in practice. Oh oh my God. It, like I'm saying, practice was like game. Right. I mean, oh uh, I'm I am i am Wow. The rules they have now is like I, I'm so happy for the new rule change. Yes. But we played football. Exactly. <laughs> we played real football. This, to me, is not real football. Right. I, and I'm friends with uh, George Atkinson Jr. and uh, Doug Plank, that, of course, 46 defense was named after. And these guys are like, we couldn't even play a quarter today without getting tossed. <laughs> it's no, like, no, no, no. Like now they give you like this little box. And, and so what I say it's like, and, and I don't understand a lot of the stuff that goes on in football now, Odessa. I really don't. Because <clears throat> I'm sure Parcells probably watches this stuff and goes, are you kidding me? Do you remember back when you're playing, if teams got to the one-yard line, it was more or less concession, they're going to score. Because somebody's going up and over or off tackle, you're getting four shots from the one. There's no way because you're under center and you have a split backfield or you have eye formation, you have some type of deception. Now these teams get to the one-yard line, they're running crap from the shotgun with nobody behind the, in the next to the quarterback sometimes. So we know you're passing. I mean, it's like the most, it's like the dumbest stuff. That's why the 49ers, you know, with Shanahan, one thing I appreciate with him is at least there's always moving pieces. There's somebody in motion, and now Debo Samuel's healthy. So, But you'll have him or Ayuk or somebody in motion, and then Kittle will move over, and then McCaffrey will split out. But there's always some type of deception. So many teams, there's not only not deception, but there's nothing. I mean, you have a quarterback back there. It's third and goal from the one and a half, and he's back there by himself at the five-yard line. So even if he decides to tuck it and run, he's got to get five yards, not one yard. Back in the day, you had guys like Sam Bam Cunningham, and he started that up and over the top, right? And so unless those linebackers met those running backs in the air perfectly and got to the hole at the right time, that's the only way pretty much you were going to stop a team when they got to the one-yard line from having three cracks and, and getting into the end zone. I, I don't get it nowadays. I understand you know, people want to go to this analytical crap, whatever it is. 
there's a lot of stuff for old school, and people could go, hey, don't be that old guy, get off my lawn guy. No, it's, you know what I'm doing? When I get to the one-yard line, I want my quarterback to know how to take a snap from under center, and I want to have a split backfield, so there's deception. I want to have an eye formation, so you have no idea who's getting the ball instead of just me telegraphing everything. Well, like I'm saying, unfortunately, this game has dramatically changed. Even starting from Pop Warner now, the little kids don't know how to take a snap. Back in the 80s and the 90s, uh, when you get in, inside the five-yard line, that quarterback is going under center. That's right. You're going one, two, three, pop. And every now and then you might put some eye candy on it and dress it up mm-hmm. because the the game from last week, I can't recall, it, but I was watching it. And just as you were saying, Ken, uh, from the first, about uh, on like the one-yard line, and uh, I don't know if it was Detroit. Or it was Detroit. It was Detroit. Was Detroit? Well, here, here's the thing. because And it's funny because Chris Collinsworth actually said because Detroit ran the ball from the four and got it to the one. And Collinsworth's like, and now you're going to get Dan Campbell to where he's like, that's it. We're not just going to finesse anymore. We're going to run it down your throat. And the next two plays he passes. And then on fourth and one, they were able to get in. They were lucky to get in. But yeah, yes. I, I mean, here it is second and third down. He forces himself to have to get a touchdown on fourth and one instead of just running the ball. Look, I remember Pete Johnson getting snuffed out by the 49ers in the Super Bowl for the Bengals, four straight tries from the one. That happens, but that's incredible defense. You've got to be dynamic, and everything's got to fall right, especially somebody as big as Pete Johnson, who was a bear, uh, to, to stop that guy four times. And that cost Cincinnati the Super Bowl back then against Joe Montana and the Niners. But that was a rarity. I mean, teams were pretty much automatic when they got inside the two-yard line back in the day because everybody had somebody athletic or big that was able to, you know, get some hops and time it to where they were able to go up and over the top. Listen, listen, like, like I'm saying, I get it. I mean, I really do get it. And uh, that's why the, uh, uh, that running game for Detroit is scary. That's why I couldn't believe what they did. But if you're playing with a coach like Dan Campbell – and which I would have loved to play for him because he kind of reminds me of Bill Parcells mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's a player's coach. You see what I'm saying? And you are a replica of your coach. He gambles a lot more than Parcells would. Oh, listen, but I'm just I'm right. Just, I'm I know. Saying, no, the, way the he toughness, style yes, yes. And I like agree. his team, and uh, he and he surrounded him, himself with Aaron Aaron Glenn, another former like Aaron Glenn, ball yeah. player who who's really stepped his game up, no doubt. Because uh, that defense is going to be uh, hard. To score on because they playing with house money, as we say in Vegas. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt about it. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch those two games. Oh my God. Uh, let me go back, though, to the Super Bowl against Buffalo uh, because I was saying that there was something that reminded me. First thing I thought of was when Bass misses the kick against Kansas City. What did I think of? Scott Norwood. Oh, wide listen. right, right? And people don't realize the kick from Norwood, that thing would have been good from 60. I mean, the thing nailed the net big time, oh. but it was wide right. And unfortunately for Buffalo, they lose the game 20-19. to It was one of the most error-free games, both teams. It was just phenomenal physical football, and it was one of the best games that came down to the last play. And you feel bad for somebody like Norwood, who was an outstanding kicker. And the same thing with Bass. Bass, Tyler Bass, just came off one of the best seasons ever as a Buffalo kicker, and he misses that kick, and there it is. The rest is history. So it's just that wide right thing. But football, sometimes it comes down to that, and... Uh, that's why they say <laughs> parents don't let your kids grow up to be kickers because it's no fun when you miss one of those. Listen, man, I get it. Like I'm saying, I get it. Like we out there in the in 90 degree weather and we over there looking at the punter at Sean Landetta 
over there with a shirt off, putting babe and suntan lotion on, and we going like, wow, look at this guy here. Then we seen Rue Allegri over there just laid back, just kicking it up. And then uh, when it gets time for them to go in the game, you expect them to make it. Because right. Sean Landetta was one of the most greatest punters that I ever was able to play to play with and see punt. And Rue Allegri, he was a clutch. Right, and people don't realize that one of the craziest plays ever, speaking of Sean Landetta, was when he went to Chicago and had to punt from near his own end zone. And the wind took the ball, and he whiffed on it. And the Bears recovered, like, on the one-yard line. Or so it was, like, one of the weirdest plays ever. But that, I think that was the year the Bears won it, the, 80, the 85 Bears, if I remember. And, uh, but that was just one of those weird things. But Landetta was a hell of a punter. Yeah, the uh, Giants special teams, that was a, that was a big, big deal for Parcells. He always – and a lot of those guys that played on special teams – they became starters. I mean, regular regular starters oh, yeah. elsewhere, and some of those guys still. I mean, Parcells was he wanted to make sure his special teams could come up big, and they pulled off some big fakes too. I remember uh, against the Niners when when Gary they threw Gary Reasons, uh-huh. unbelievable. I mean, what and what makes a fake so good is when nobody in the world expects it's coming. Oh yes, and so even Giants fans. All of a sudden, you see number 55 reasons with the ball. You're like, what, what the hell's going on? And then you see he's got the first down. You're like, this is great. Go down. Don't fumble. Go down. It's just, yeah, Parcells was like that. And uh, I, I just think if you did your job, he had to be one of those coaches that you love to play for because as long as you did your job, even if they lost the game, he knew you did your job. Listen, I get it. Like I'm saying, uh, but we're going to go back first to the wide right. And like I'm saying, uh, that kick – uh, like I said, when Mark Ingram got that th- third down, and I think it was third and nine or eleven, and he got like thirteen, one of the most traumatic, best runs I e- I ever seen. And then Buffalo comes back with Thurman Thomas and them. They they march it down and they in field goal range. And like I'm saying, uh, Scott Norwood was a great kicker, and he hadn't missed too many. Right. But uh, everybody know had had to head down, you know, fingers crossed. And as soon as he kicked it. He knew he missed it. Then go back yep. to Sunday, same way with Bass. Like, he in show me country. And uh, unfortunately, you know what I'm saying, it, it blew up the internet and Facebook, you know, wide right. I'm just trying to remember, uh, there was, gosh, one of the playoff games when Matt Barr made the game-winning kick against the Niners in the playoffs. And I'm just trying to remember, because the final score was 15-13, but I'll never forget because Matt Barr on the kick – it was going right at the left upright, and all of his kicks curved with that soccer style. So I'm like, as soon as he kicked, I go, that's no good. There's no way because it's going to curve. And it never curved, and it snuck in right inside that post. You see, a lot of people don't know about Matt Barr. Matt Barr got some of the biggest calf muscles you ever want to see. I mean, to this day, because he was a professional soccer kicker player. Yep. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't realize that. His brother Chris. Yeah. And, mom, and, 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 of course, my producer is a big Penn State guy, so he knows all about yeah, the so Barr I'm brothers. Shout out to, uh, to him. He's out there in Pittsburgh in that cold weather out there, Matt is. So, uh, like I'm saying, I would love to see him out here. But like I'm saying, I get it, man. And, like, and like now, uh, to be a kicker, you really have to have uh, a stone heart. Yep. Thick skin. Oh, stone and a heart of stone, they, no doubt. They gonna because uh, you you miss a couple of couple of kicks and they're calling it for your job. Yeah, well, unless you're Tucker for the Ravens, oh. and then you got Butker there for Kansas City. Those are two of the best going in that game. And you got that young, and, and, and like I'm like I'm saying uh, with uh, 
what's the kicker from Baltimore? Um, Tucker. Yeah, you he's get, unbelievable. You get him, him anywhere inside the freaking 55. 55. Right. You know, he, he got to automatic. He you, and, that's, and that's what makes Baltimore so scary. And I know they're playing against Kansas City, and Mahomes is one of the most scariest quarterbacks. But I just think that Steve Spagnuolo is going to do something to take away Kelsey. Because he's probably saying if we can take away Kelsey, the other receivers are somewhat suspect. All right, so we'll talk about that when we come back. So we've got one more segment. i got to get your take on both these games. And, of course, uh, you did play for the Niners. You were there for a couple of years, right? Yeah, That's how you yeah. ended your career. Yeah, unfortunately, those two years we lost back-to-back to, back to Dallas. Yeah, you part of that. That's back when the Cowboys were good. Yeah, I'm part of that crew. That's back when, how about them Cowboys? Now it's not the same, man. <laughs> now it's not the same for those fans. I got all. plenty of Cowboy fans, of course, and uh, uh, we know they're still great fans. They love their team. But my producer's an Eagles fan, so he has no respect. And, uh, of course, Giants fans, they know. There's still plenty of Cowboy fans. I have actually a, a, a brother-in-law and my nephew. They grew up in Jersey, and uh, they still go there to the Giants-Cowboys games in Jersey and root for the Cowboys. They still get plenty of fans out there, but... Uh, it's just been tough going there for Dak Prescott and the guys. We'll come back. We'll get the take from Odessa Turner, former NFL wide receiver for the Giants and the 49ers, played in the Super Bowl. And that's key because we got that Super Bowl right here in our backyard at Allegiant Stadium coming up in February. Looking forward to that. Who will it be? Will it be the Ravens? Will it be the Chiefs? We'll talk about that game. It'll be played in the rain on Sunday in Baltimore. And then we got great weather for the game in Santa Clara with the Niners hosting those Lions. And the line has moved. We'll update you on all of that when we wrap things up. SportsX Radio on a Friday football fiasco, 101.5 FMK Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app, at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio. Follow me on X that way. We're live from Vegas. We'll be right back to wrap things up. As we come back, wrap things up here on a Friday football fiasco, KT Live, PSR Studios in Las Vegas. Mark Hoke spinning the hits and running the show, producing SportsX Radio Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. right here on KDON. And, of course, streaming live on that worldwide Odyssey app. Use the Rewind feature after the broadcast. If you miss any part, you want to go back and listen, just search SportsX Radio with Ken Thompson. Or, of course, follow those two handles on Twitter, formerly known as Twitter, now known as X, at KenThompson87, at SportsX Radio. All right, so Sunday, the early game will be Baltimore at home. And again, still looking like it's going to rain throughout the game. Don't know how much it's going to rain. Uh, Could have winds 12, 13 miles an hour. That's the prediction that stayed pretty steady so far. Now, Lamar and the guys, they get used to that rain in Baltimore area. It rains a little bit more there. Kansas City, we saw them playing frigid cold against Miami in that opening game. They also went up to Buffalo, and they handled it. So I think Patrick Mahomes and the guys, now remember, Tooney, they're starting guard. They're all pro. He's out. That's a big loss for KC. People don't realize, especially when you're going up against the number one defense in the AFC and in the NFL and at the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Andrews is cleared to be back. But like I said, he may not be close to 100%, but they cleared him. Solid tight end, but Isaiah likely has stepped up big time. That kid can flat out play. So the Ravens aren't hurting at tight end. They got an outstanding running game. Remember, they also have a little security blanket there 
who's probably being acclimated now to the offense, and Dalvin Cook, who's a pretty good runner. So remember that. Kansas City's Kansas City. Nobody runs harder to me than Isaiah Pacheco. That kid can flat out run the ball. They've got to take care of it. I don't think you'll see Mikal Hardman get the ball too much in this game. Odessa Turner, real quick, break it down. Give me a couple minutes worth of uh, analyzation. Who wins it? Baltimore at home against Kansas City, who's been a bear. Mahomes just wins in the postseason. Lamar was able to get the win with a solid second half against Houston, including a shutout from his defense, but they outscored Houston 24 nothing in that second half and 17 nothing in the fourth quarter. Can Baltimore get back to the Super Bowl? I think uh, Baltimore, my, my prediction is that Kansas City got a uh, with uh, Nicole Hartman, what, uh, Nicole, the running back, uh, Pacheco, he got a little hurt shoulder. And I think that he's a little, he's a little banged up. And I think Steve Spagnuolo is going to do something to take away uh, Travis Kelsey. But we can't take away uh, Patrick Mahomes. And I just think Baltimore just got a little too much for uh, Kansas City. The uh, X factor, like I said again, is uh, Lamar Jackson. He, he accounts for at least two to three, uh, four first downs a game, and that's big. And if it's, and if it's going to be nasty weather, I'm going to say uh, Baltimore, like 27, uh, Kansas City, 21. Okay, wait, one more time. I got to get the give – me, give me the big score first. Who wins? That would be uh, Baltimore, 27, uh, Kansas City, uh, 21. All right, so you're going with the Ravens. Yeah, I'm going with the Ravens. I have to. Lamar Jackson is just that X factor. And I do believe that Odell Beckham is going to show up. Now, remember, Spagnola's the D.C. for Kansas City. Spagnola is your defensive coordinator for Kansas City. Oh, okay, okay. But then, but yeah, but then again, so we we can just reverse that. He's going to probably try to take away Mark Andrews since he's since he's coming back. And it's, and if it's bad weather, uh, Lamar Jackson does look for Mark Andrews on those crossing routes when he starts uh, scrambling. But you're gonna go. You're gonna go with Lamar to get to the get yes, to, back yeah, to the Super Bowl. He deserves it. All right. Now you did play your last two years with the Niners, and yes. They ended with playoff losses to Dallas. No shame there because that was a hell of a Cowboys team back in the day in the, uh, in the 90s. Talk to me. Well, Weather-wise, this, this game here, Niners in Santa Clara at home against Detroit. A young Detroit team, but like you said, you like their coach. You like his similarities to the guy you played for in Bill Parcells. So Dan Campbell, you think maybe can he get it done? Can he pull the shocker? Because you like the running game tandem of Montgomery and uh, and you you got Montgomery and uh, oh my gosh the kid out of Georgia Tech Gibbs uh, Gibbs. Gibbs Jameer Gibbs I'm, I'm seeing him at Georgia Tech in Alabama go ahead uh, who who wins this game oh uh, like I'm saying I'm going to uh, like I'm saying Detroit I'm a my head goes off to Detroit for getting this far because they hadn't been in a playoff game or or or, or, champ, or division playoff game in quite some time mm-hmm. and uh, Detroit has got the whole city on their backs. That's rooting for them, and they playing with house money. I'm gonna say, uh, uh, San Francisco is still gonna be a little too much. I'm gonna say San Francisco, thirty-one, uh, Detroit, seventeen. Wow, thirty-one, seventeen. So there it is. So Odessa Turner is telling you, Baltimore is gonna win in cover at home. San Francisco is gonna win in cover at home. I'm looking forward to both these games. I can't wait because I mean, you could tell me either side and and make a make a point for them. There's no pressure on Detroit. They've already exceeded expectations. There is pressure on San Francisco and Brock Purdy. Can you step up big time? And what does Jared Goff have? That's that's interesting because we saw him get the Rams to the Super Bowl. 
He got there. They only put up a three spot against New England, lost 13-3. to It was an ugly game. But Goff, a lot of people thought when Stafford went to the Rams and Goff was like a throw-in there to Detroit, they thought, ah, he's done. He'll, he'll play a year and he'll walk away. He's a lot better than I thought. I never really thought he'd be sticking around. He's not the most mobile guy. But I'll tell you, that offensive line steps up big time. Now, I know they're missing uh, their starting left guard. But at the end of the day, that Detroit offensive line, if they're able to do anything like Green Bay did early on against San Francisco and open up holes for the running game, because we saw Aaron Jones have a big-time game, that could help out Montgomery and Gibbs and take some pressure off Jared Goff. And they've got a darn good Laporta, excellent tight end. And we know Amon Ross St. Brown, good, solid receiver. I know you like Amon Ross St. Brown because you're a wide receiver. Yeah, you like, like guys like that. I like him. He's a tough one. He reminds me of, uh, wow, what's the little from Detroit? The, uh, little, I feel I, the wide receiver, it, it, it fazed me, but he went to the Giants from the Lions. He was a really good wide receiver, intermediate. But I just think like San Francisco is just a, like a little strong. And Jerry Goff, if you put – pressure on him, he would throw you some. And I'm looking for Chase Young to really step up. Where, yeah, that's the thing. If Chase Young ever comes back to being the guy out of Ohio State off that injury that helped out Washington initially and was a bear on the other side of Nick Bosa, that those bookends, that is just going to be a nightmare for any quarterback, especially one that is not mobile. Exactly. Like Jared Goff, that is a great point. Odessa Turner, I appreciate you stopping in here in Vegas. And uh, we will get together now that I know you're right here in my backyard. And uh, real quick, quick shout out because there is a uh, look. We don't know the I don't know the exact name, but I was talking about Gumbo being that. Uh, of course, Odessa Turner is from Louisiana, and I know those guys. They grow up with it, and I am a, a major fan. So he said, "Off Sahara, somewhere by Alta, there's a place, Big Mouth, Cajun, whatever. We'll find out the exact name." But he promises me it's the best gumbo in town. Yes, it is. I'm, 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 and I'll take it. From a raging Cajun himself, uh, I'll take your word, of course, Northwestern State didn't go to uh, UL Lafayette, but nonetheless, you're all Cajuns down there because you guys know good, authentic Cajun food. Yes, sir. Great stuff. Odessa, thanks for stopping by. Ken, thanks for having me. My pleasure. There you go. Great stuff. Odessa Turner. And uh, that'll do it on a Friday football fiasco. Mark Hoke Show, of course, the Mark Hoke Show, Best in Professional Wrestling, will be Sunday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. right before these playoff games get rolling. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights, a nice 5-2 win over the New York Rangers, so good stuff there. And plenty of college basketball. KT will be tweeting out some free plays. Uh, Bucks did lose at home to the Cavs, and the Thunder pounded the Pelicans. Those were the last two games we did not give you. And how about the Grizz held on and beat the Magic 107-106. College basketball, St. Bonnie's did finish off St. Joe's 91-72. Right now, Seattle only one point up on Utah Valley State with 15 seconds to go, 62-61. And Stanford. Near the half there against Cal. They lead 39-36. That'll do it for us till Monday. It's going to be a fun show. John Taffer will be in. Michael Goddard as well. And we'll be live right here at PSBR Law Studios. Till then, you know the rules. No drinking and driving. No texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM, Dawn, Streaming live on that Odyssey app. Archives up in about 45 minutes. God bless. Have a great evening. Talk to you Monday. Good night, everybody.